Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about Amazon, how you can set up your marketing on Amazon, how you can get results, sales. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with NCH. How are you? I'm awesome. It's great to be here, Anatoly. Yeah, big pleasure, big pleasure. My team check out your profile. I open your LinkedIn and got it. Yeah, you're the right fit you know, to, to get a lot of value about Amazon because many people are looking for ways how to increase sales how to get results how to start their journey i'm so excited to learn more about that before we start just tell more about yourself experience background and why you have so many books on your background as well Alrighty. well uh, basically i've had with my husband a number of businesses over our married years of uh let me think it is it's gonna be our 40th this year i just realized mm-hmm. <laughs> the 40th is this year so we've been married a long time um and i transitioned in the online space 18 almost 19 years ago um i'm so so glad i i came online because it's just been a fantastic experience with its ups and downs i'll admit but it's just so much more leverage and i really do enjoy marketing is really my thing but i enjoy the most i guess i do sales but marketing is really where i hang my shingle more so I'm the CEO of my business, e-commerce business school, and I have been the marketing director now. Recently, my son, who's my was my business partner for 10 years, he left six years ago. He's come back in and now he can he can have that. And now I get to go into more of the CEO position. But um, basically I started sales even when I was little. I was I had hand-knitted Christmas ballots and my mom said, hey, you should try selling them in the neighborhood. I was a little girl, seven or eight years old, nine, maybe, I don't know, went out and sold out my Christmas bells. I even had a, a bundled offer, three for a dollar, and they were 50 cents a piece. I sold them all, and I can't say then I went into sales big time after that, but I'll never forget that moment. And so I was actually in direct sales for quite a number of years, and so direct sales, Mary Kay, for example, some listeners will know what that is. Um, and in the brick and mortar world before there was the online. And so, um, but then I shifted online and uh, the audience that I first served was network marketers, direct salespeople, teaching them how to have online sales funnels, uh, which I did for about 10 years and through my eBooks. And then we shifted into e-commerce in the fall of 2013. So coming up on 10 years ago and that, it has been a very favorable move. So, uh, and that being yeah. training space. Nice, nice, awesome, awesome experience. Okay, and I have the first question. You know, uh, uh, you mentioned that you uh, specialize in marketing, but you know sales as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found that sales people uh, distrust marketers. It's not only my opinion. Uh, some online studies. Uh, share about that that uh sales people distrust marketers because of many things uh, probably that marketing takes time but sales people need to sell today so can you tell how to improve this relationship between marketers and sales people because marketers need data 
from salespeople. They need to understand customers that salespeople can provide this information. So any tips how to improve this relationship? Okay, yeah. Um, I can't emphasize enough how integral marketing is. Uh, I consider marketing as the tip of the spear. Meaning it's it's carving the pathway, whether you're doing it social media or you're doing paid advertising, which is what we like to excel at is paid advertising. But that's the tip of the spear that then dishes up the leads for the sales team. And so I always consider that marketing should do within reason as much of the sifting and sorting as possible before it gets to the sales reps. OK, so. In other words, it's um, removing as many objections. It's hitting the target audience. It's doing everything needed to hopefully dish up seven, eight, nines, and tens. And that's what I personally, what I love about marketing is I want to get that person like way over here and then onto the salespeople, albeit the caveat being, um, I also at the same time want really good high quality salespeople and we have an application funnel a top tier program and so you know you need better skill sets when you're doing a top tier program so the two work hand in glove and and i have to say it it, it is to the detriment of a company if you have those siloed and they're not having conversations with each other and in fact so when my son came back and he had been the previous marketing director he sat in the sales meetings for like three months straight, five days a week, listening, hearing the messaging. What are the, he's listening to the salespeople. That's what a good marketer will do because the salespeople have the, the most boots to the ground experience in terms of the objections and what they're not happy about. And they hear the tonation and they're upset about this and they really hate that, but they love that. That comes from the sales team. So the data that they get virtue of their calls is immeasurably valuable to a marketing team. And it's to a marketing team detriment if they are not having ongoing connections just today because we have a new copywriter. They came in today to do a full kind of um, they wanted to get a lot of data from the sales reps. Why do they do that? because they want to optimize the messaging all that much more to again, sift and sort and bring in even more qualified people. And then there's another component to it and that's the delivery team. It's to your detriment not to be listening to the delivery team. So yeah. it really all begins with marketing. The marketing lays the path, lays out the pathway of the kind of people that you're going to be talking to, closing into deals, bringing them in, into your program. And when you get these marketing mismatch, it can get messy and ugly and or, you know, both the customer isn't happy and as well as the delivery team is going, what are you doing bringing this guy in, you know, that kind of stuff. And so um, the marketing is really extremely high level. Uh, intelligence, you know, high level thinking, because you've got to put down a value proposition, you've got to know a business, uh, lay out a business proposition so that people buy in, um, not just with their emotions, but there's logic going into place too, because if there's not logic, every step of the way, we know it always begins with emotions, but you've got to solidify it. You know, they buy afterwards, they confirm with their logic. 
So you've got to do right to that in the marketing messages by buttoning, closing those doors all along the way. Um, so that's a, just a, an incredible art form that I personally really enjoy. That aspect of marketing is just, and I, I do a lot of live webinars. I love live webinars, which is my favorite way of selling. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a firm belief that if you really believe in your product and you really believe you're doing right by people, you have an ethical duty to sell your product and sell it hard. So that's yeah. What yeah, marketing can't help bad products. <laughs> so if you have bad products, it's better to spend time to improve the quality of products than to market the product. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, you mentioned that you spend uh, so much time uh, with uh, creating buying persona, yeah, if I, uh, or sales funnel, doesn't matter. It's just, you know, uh, for example, 10 years ago, I remember um, I set up Google Ads campaigns without experience because I paid like five, 10 cents per click. You know, today I can't because it costs like five, ten dollars. Uh, I can't uh, set up, uh, you know, uh, I mean, like uh, Google ads without considering a buying persona, without considering sales funnel. Uh, can you tell how to create sales funnel, how to learn your customer's journey uh, mm -hmm. to create the right content plan? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there's a lot of different types of sales funnels. Our most successful funnel to date, which will not apply to everybody. Uh, is an application funnel because we have a mentorship program that wouldn't be, you know, the right funnel for someone with a product, for example. So I'm just going to illustrate, you know, I've done lots and lots of different kinds of funnels, but this is of late our most successful funnel. So it begins with an ad that then takes them to our typically an opt-in page, as we know, because you want to collect. Ours is actually the landing page with the VSL to book a call and we actually just recently cracked the code on how to create that opt-in on the VSL such that we're collecting their name, email address, and phone number. And then they book the call all in the same URL, the same VSL. So it's not a separate landing page. And we have an outside ad team that we recently uh, hired, I think in about, about six, seven months ago. We've been through about 10 ad teams and we found it's better to do it in-house. This is the first time we've been successful at outsourcing the actual advertising. Typically it's all in-house. And um, anyways, so we're getting about a 65% opt-in. And the ad guy, our ad, uh, ad guy is like, well, really awesome in the industry is 15 and in fact, typically you'll hear 2% because we've been doing these for years. We're at 65% that they give us. So they're on the VSL page and that's video sales letter for those of you who don't know what a VSL is. And so then it's there, they're moving forward and it shows to me the takeaway is the ad is doing so much of the heavy lifting. That's what's driving it that they're willing to put that in and 65% of them move forward and book a call. Um, and we have gone with our messaging much more of just tell them, tell them what it's about. Cause I think we're in an era that people are sick and tired of smoke and mirrors. Like it's obscure and 
and I won't find out until I get down here. We just lay it out, even in the ad. In fact, one of our YouTube ads, uh, the ad is literally a 27 minute ad. And you know, most uh, ad teams, oh, three to five minutes. No, we've had our bread and butter uh, video ad is seven minutes. And I think the reason it's gone so well is we just give the facts instead of this smoke and mirror kind of feel that the temperament of the audience is they're kind of sick of it. Like, oh, they're going to drag me through their funnel. They could, they're smart. They, they, they've much, you know, I've been doing this almost 18 years. It's a whole different bird now. And they're like more, no, 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 no. I know where you're going. So they just want to know, just tell me what you got. So that's what we do. Our ad, we tell them, this is what we do. And then they move forward. So, and then the VSL itself is about 22 minutes, but we have taken an ad plus the VSL, merged them together and it's 27 minutes of video ad. I'm talking an ad and we do quite well with it. So, um, so that's what we do, book a call and then to the application page. We've tested both. We've tested up ways, down ways, sideways, you name it. But um, so that's our recent test is going surprisingly really, really well. That looked yeah. like an audience from, I have a son in China. That looked like a Chinese. Ah, <laughs> uh, by the way, it's North Korea. You know, okay. they have no internet. <laughs> but anyway, they like it. <laughs> hope, yeah, uh, hope people in North Korea will have internet one day. So, and yeah, they can learn from us and from others. Okay, yeah. uh, you know, on your LinkedIn profile, uh, I found, uh, you know, in your bio, uh, let me read it. Start your 90-day sprint. Yes. And uh, one more time, I found on your page about, uh, yeah, I can I can help you build a profitable e-commerce business in 90 days. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. can you tell more about that? How to do it in yeah. 90 days? Because yeah. it takes time. It's like more marathon than sprint. Yeah. Any insights about that? I will. Okay. So, I want to go big picture so people understand. So we're going to talk specifically, this is Amazon through FBA fulfillment by Amazon. A lot of people have heard of that uh, because on the other side of the cash register are the prime Amazon prime customers. So you got the sellers doing FBA who want to get in front of those prime shoppers. So that's, that's what FBA is about. But all to say there is a whole gamut of different sourcing methods. And most prominently people hear about private label. You cannot make that promise about getting into profitability in 90 days with private label. You, you can't say it because that is a long tail kind of uh, endeavor. There's a lot of testing you have to do. I have a son who lives in China. He's a sourcing agent. Like you don't turn around private label products overnight like that. So we teach a method called arbitrage, which means buy low, sell high. So what that means, and there's two different methods to do arbitrage. And what I mean by that is you're going to buy from stores. This is not wholesale. This is not private label. It's not print on demand. It's not Shopify. It's buying low from Walgreens, Walmart, um, any store you want to name, as long as okay. they have UPC codes. And you can do that locally. And so when I say in 90 days, I mean, you can hit the stores and be selling. I had one gal who made 5,000 in sales in her first 30 days. 
I knew that was from local retail arbitrage. The main thrust of that course that you're referencing is online arbitrage because that one is scalable, meaning you can hire people, virtual assistants to do that sourcing for you because it's all done online. With local, you're going to have to go boots to the ground, go to the stores, etc. So with the local, you can you can be a profitability in 30 days. And so it's very fast because it's it's just knowing how to find the products, knowing that they're going to be profitable and sell quickly. Okay, so that's how I can say 90 days. You can't say that for wholesale, private label, etc. But you can say it for arbitrage because we've done it. We've, we've had over 9,000 students in our program. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, great. C can you tell uh, your methods, how you teach students? Uh, I mean, like, I'm interested about simplicity and personalization because, you know, uh, for example, uh, what is your unique selling proposition compared to others? Because yeah. we have many uh, mentors okay. who teach about Amazon. So your unique selling proposition. Yeah, our unique selling proposition is that from day one, you're going to learn how to set up scalable systems. So here I did just talk about a method and you know, some would say that's my unique selling proposition, but it's not because of the other people who teach arbitrage and wholesale and private label. So that, that doesn't pass for a unique selling proposition. So what we do is we teach the, uh, from day one, we're gonna set you up so you know how to scale this business. And it's done through processes and systems, which we've already developed. We have the blueprints, we have the software, and we will also train you to outsource that work to a team. So our value proposition is not only time financial, well, not only financial freedom, that's one thing, but the second is time financial or time freedom, which gives you lifestyle freedom. And that can only happen when you can step into ready-made systems that someone has already proven, not just through our team of coaches and trainers, but also through you know all these students that we've had that you can set up to be scalable very quickly. So the focus isn't just on teaching a sourcing method. That's not in our book, that's not good enough. We wanted to, we took it a step further, and this is three years ago when we improved on our offer by adding in that element along with the mentorship. So I'm gonna bring that point home. So there's a lot of people who will say in their offers, especially in the e-commerce space, that they're gonna provide mentorship, et cetera. Sadly, and I just have to lay this out, unfortunately, there are people who take the money and you never see a thing. It, it drives me crazy, but there, it's kind of like pop-up gurus happen all the time. I've been here 18 years and that's just a part of the industry because it's pretty easy to set up your shop online and rip out a sales letter and make a big old promise. And then people aren't there. But on my end, I always tell people, I'm not interested in just training. I want to develop a community because what a community does is it allows for peer uh, to develop a business peer network. And you, it's really almost one of the most valuable assets of being in business is you have a peer network, which allows you to partner with people, the resource with people, et cetera. So that's another part of the value proposition. But the biggest is we set people up for scale because we've had million dollar sellers come into our program and say, I, I don't have systems in place. I'm just kind of going crazy running around the shop and I don't have an organized system in place because they kind of just rolled it out 
without from day one someone saying, here's the blueprints to follow. They kind of did it on their own and it ended up being kind of a scrambled mess at the end that they now want to come in and get it cleaned up. And that's harder to do, to go back and set up a nice tidy system and, you know, try to get your closet cleaned out. You got to take everything out of your closet mm -hmm. and try to reorganize it. And that's painful while you're trying to maintain your business. So we just start that from day one. We have systems in place for them to use. Nice, nice, awesome. Yeah, interesting. Uh, okay, uh, I have the question about three biggest pitfalls for new Amazon sellers. Uh, it's a headline of our uh, podcast. So share these pitfalls. Yes. Okay. The three pillars. Did I hear you right? Understand it? The three pillars. Uh, pit, uh, yeah. Pit, the pit three pillars. Yeah. yeah. That's what we call yeah. them. So number one is to generate cash flow. So you can jumpstart mm -hmm. your business and keep it going. And that's really important because I, I tell people, even if you don't join our program, make sure you get these three pillars in place. And if they're not there, mm -hmm. walk on by. So that's pillar number one. I'll repeat that again. Generate cash flow. So you jumpstart your business and keep it going. You want to look for a model where you can get into cash flow quickly. Number two is to automate systems so you can free up your time and scale up your business. That's pillar number two, again, is automate systems. So you can free up your time and scale up your business. And pillar number three is to build assets so you can pass on to your family or to investors. And we have many people who want to do this with their family. They're doing it with their kids. Lots and lots of people, mm -hmm. whether that's the adult father with the adult daughter. We have a team doing that. Yeah. She's 18 or they've got high schoolers, grade schoolers. I mean, we've had people as little as four or five years old helping out with the family economy, you know, by having an Amazon business. So that is pillar number three is to build assets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay. Uh, let's talk about emotion and logic. You mentioned about uh, that um, we need to consider logic, but uh, 90, uh, I don't remember exactly the number, like 75% of all decisions are emotions. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. can you tell? How to unite emotions and logic in one uh, marketing message? For example, uh, when I watch a presentation of uh, new Apple Watch with Tim Cook, he shared three stories. You know how Apple Watch uh, could decide any uh, my problems, for example. And you know I got the feeling to own this Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. I got it. I need them. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I bought three pairs for me, for myself, for my wife. You know, mm -hmm. they probably kill me if I buy only for myself. But, you know, uh, I got the feeling of having this Apple Watch. Uh, I didn't get any message how, uh, I mean, like about features, about logic, just mm -hmm. emotions. Mm -hmm. No. So can you tell how to find the balance between features uh, that prove uh, something, uh, our logic and mm -hmm. emotions? Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Well, the emotion is in marketing is you're selling, you're solving someone's problem. Mm -hmm. Whether that problem is to remove pain or to achieve something lovely, which it sounds like with the watch is, you know, they put in uh, social status, uh, you know, you got the cool Apple watch, etc. So it's the emotions are key because you're buying into something for what it's going to do for you that's favorable. Again, whether to remove a problem or to create this 
a beautiful outcome. Let's say you're wanting vacation stuff. You know, that's all about, that's not necessarily removing pain, that's pleasure. So it's pain and pleasure. Pain is a much bigger motivator than pleasure. So it really kind of mm -hmm. depends on what your product is. So with ours, what is pronounced in terms of storing the pain pot, if you will, is it's oftentimes because this is the opportunity to have your own business, which infers, yes, to replace your current income. So there's that. That's So they're buying into that. And so we study our audience and what's their main pain point. So that would be for people who are employed. That's It's getting out of that pain. So that's the emotional part. And the pleasure is, I want to work from home because they sent me home during COVID. And I'm thinking if I can work from home for my corporation that I work for, heck, seems to mm -hmm. me I ought to be able to do a business from home. And that's what millions have since realized and woken up to and created a massive shift into the home-based business arena. Uh, and then there's pleasure. Well, the pleasure is that too. Then I'm at home. I don't have to go drive two hours in traffic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in terms of the logic, so that is an interesting mix because people then want to know the how. So what we have done to create that balance, I'm not saying this is necessarily the best, but being that we're an education company or we're called the e-commerce business school is we also want them, we do education-based marketing because truly it's to our benefit for our trainers that these are people who buy into the fact they are going to have to buckle down. They're going to have to do some work. And they also want to make, we always say, we want to help you make a well-informed decision. So that's doing what we call self-advocacy. We're, we're at, or I should say, we're advocating for them. I'm not just trying to shove you down my, my marketing pipeline. I want to ensure you're making a well-informed decision. We're going to help cross the T's and dot the I's. So what we created that's more on the logic, if it fits that, is a profit projection calculator, a software tool that we built because they're saying, well, how much do I put in to make this much amount of money? And they asked mm -hmm. it so many times, I thought, let's create a tool. So we had it as a spreadsheet, now it's an app. So we give that as a gift when they show up, for example, in our webinar, or web class that we do once a month, so that it's justifying with logic. I crunched the numbers, honey, and it looks like we'll be able to do this and this. So we're giving them just like actuarials with life insurance and with real estate. It's mm -hmm. all numbers. Well, so is Amazon. Amazon is all numbers at the end of the day. It's uh, you don't fall in love with the product. It's just like with houses. Robert Kiyosaki says you don't fall in love with the house. You fall in love with the deal. That's the same with Amazon. You don't fall in love because oh, it's so cute. You, you fall in love because of the deal. The numbers have to line up. So anyways, so we balance it that way. One, yeah, we're playing on what are their emotional needs, both pain and pleasure. And then two, I will say the biggest predicator of their success is the vision of what they want to accomplish. Meaning I want to be home with my kids more. Uh, it's typically family related and maybe because of who I am, my presence, female, older woman, etc. But I, I tend to attract people who are very family centric. And what they're doing is for the outcome of having a stronger family unit in some way, shape or form. They want vacations. They want to be home with their kids, et cetera, or take care of their mom who has Alzheimer's or, or whatever. It tends to be family oriented. So it's the vision. So I always tell people you need to have your business in your heart and your heart in your business.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. As much as a newborn baby. And if you leave that baby for two days without feeding it, it's going to be a problem for that baby. That's same with business. So I emphasize that to them. Business in your heart and your heart in your business, meaning you got to work that thing. Take care of it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, without passion, um, it's literally impossible to achieve results today. I remember uh, like five years ago, uh, I had a project for the sake of earning money. So uh, I, I didn't like the project. I didn't understand anything about that, but I had resources, money, uh, and uh, I invested uh, resources for three years. Uh, I wasted all these resources. I hired a lot of people, but uh, after three years, I quit because I got it. So I started to hate Monday. I love Friday, you know, so, <laughs> and that was not passion. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I tried many different projects, but this project uh, took all my money, no, not all my money, of course not, but a lot of money and yeah, just wasted time uh, because uh, I, I'm not sure it's a good idea to start anything uh, without passion. I remember Neil Patel yeah. shared uh, about uh, when he bought a project about poker, he failed, you know, because he didn't understand how to play poker. He didn't have passion to play poker. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the goal was to earn money. That's it. No, so, yeah. I, I would agree. A hundred percent. If you don't have the passion, you'll fizzle out. And I, I have to say, I think that's more true today than, you know, like my husband and I have talked. It, it was it was a different mindset. Today, the mindset, as I, I study a lot about the different uh, Gen Z, Gen X, what motivates these people. And with the younger generation, unless they see a cause bigger than themselves in general, they don't want to get behind a company just to do the work. They want to see that it's having a bigger impact. And I I follow a lot of books of that nature because I want to be following what drives and motivates people because I have a significant staff. And I want to make sure that they're motivated to stick with me because of the passion of what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, uh, we discussed about customers, uh, how to satisfy them. What about competition? You know, mm-hmm. Amazon, you know, yeah. on Amazon, a lot of competitors and many yeah. of them have strong positions. So how to overcome them? Any tips? Yeah. What to do much better than competitors do on Amazon? Today? Yeah. I love this question. It actually just came up in a staff meeting this morning. One, I will say in terms of saturation, so there's competition and there's, they're kind of one and the same, but can be asked in two different lights. When my son and I were introduced, we had, he had actually done eBay like 25 years ago. So here now was Amazon. He's like, yeah, but what about saturation? This is back in 2013, 2014. And because in the digital marketing space, things will fatigue much faster because ideas are sniped repurpose, repackage, you know, albeit no one can repackage your essence, like your ability to deliver on your word and your customer experience, etc. But so that's what we are accustomed in the digital marketing space. When it comes to Amazon, so this was specifically with the arbitrage method, it's as strong as ever. The stories we have in our community are as strong as ever. And there's there's two main things that are behind that. One, with the arbitrage, the competition is a lot less from the perspective. 
it's a lot easier to snipe when they do this. Uh, someone's uh, wholesale, you know, a private label. What did they call it? Um, uh, the branding. It's another wholesale product, but you just slap on a brand. It's not mm -hmm. really a private label product. And so before you know it, in a month or two, you got five people now with the exact same uh, pillow. Let's just say it's a bath pillow. You can tell it's the same product, but a different label on it. Okay, that happens really, that does happen really fast on Amazon, very competitive. With arbitrage, it's really, um, you don't have the benefit to buy in bulk, but the competition there is what is at a, a cheaper price right now versus elsewhere. So you can go to two different Walmarts in the same town and you're gonna find different deals there. So that's one way that you help eliminate that competition. But more so is this, um, Amazon's growth is, is beyond compare. And so it just keeps going and growing. And furthermore, just to add a spice of reality here, the churn rate, and that means new Amazon sellers uh, going out versus new Amazon sellers coming in. They're almost the same. It's almost a wash. And because I'm a, I'm a marketer by nature and I know how to stick with things to get a result, most of human nature and people who try something they fade out and fizzle very quickly. And when you're a seasoned business owner, you can count on that and know, it's like going to the gym. It's January and I'm a gym person. You go to the gym and you go, wow, it's really busy this first week of gym, which I just went the other day. I'm like, mm -hmm. it's packed. Oh, but they'll be gone <laughs> every year. Every year it's yeah. the same pattern. They make their resolution and they're in there for about two, three weeks and they fizzle out. The same is true in business not just for Amazon sellers, real estate, you name it. I gave it a try. What does try mean to one person versus another? So that's a factor. It's a very real factor. And Amazon has studied that and released the numbers. And I don't know that they call it churn rate, but that's a fact. So I'm going by what has happened in my mentorship program. And I go by what it looked like back in 2014 and what it looks like now. I just had another guy hit 300K from arbitrage, 300K in sales. And the regular 100K, we ship out a certificate. We do this uh, we do this little poster thing that gets shipped out to them when they join. And, you know, and it's the 100K club and then they get this plaque that they put on their wall. But I'll just say, um, it's a very valid thing to bring up because my son and I, who are very seasoned marketers, we brought it up. We're like, yeah, but, yeah, but what about competition? And it's been a non-issue especially for arbitrage, it's been a non-issue. So it's just, um, it is more competitor less than the other sourcing methods. I can't say that there's no competition. Here's another data point. When you use the Amazon seller app, it will, you're gonna know the stats, how many sellers there are. So you don't move forward with the product that says 30 sellers, it, you, you have it. They want you to have that data point. Amazon doesn't actually want you to make dumb decisions because then your products sit in their warehouse and then they'll start charging you more fees. So it's really the way you win the game is who knows the right data points and how to best interpret them. That's who wins the game. And that's what we teach. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. And I have the question about your experience. Let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, without knowledge, but uh you want to become an expert in one day 
and teach others how mm -hmm. to sell on Amazon. What will you do today to learn more about Amazon? Uh, well, specifically, I mean, Amazon is very large. They're actually looking to go into nuclear fission for fusion. Okay, yeah. But, so, I mean, you know, they've got, the, we'll, we'll talk about for sellers. If you wanted yeah, to be okay. a seller is, you know, there's YouTube University. Uh, I'll recommend they come to our, our page, for example, e-commerce business school. And I would say to go through, we are actually coming on, on our 200th edition of, it's called Saturday Morning Live. And these become blog posts on our, um, on, in our blog. Although if they go to our page, just start gathering up information, ask questions. Um, you know, and I will say the seller, to be successful as a seller, there are a lot of processes involved. And you'll hear more failure success, failure stories than success stories, because all too often people got stuck, couldn't get the help, and they had to bail out because they, they couldn't get an answer for where they were stuck. And then two, they may try a method that's too advanced and fail and then decide, oh, Amazon doesn't work. Amazon does work. And so I would yeah. say it's about getting education up front. They're welcome to come to our page and it's very organized information. You know, obviously there's elsewhere, but I'm going to say go to ours and get information. Whether they end up joining us or not, I want to be known that we provide a lot of free education up front, uh, just nice. a massive amount, which we do. Yeah, uh, I I often get something like this. SEO doesn't work, Amazon doesn't work, Instagram doesn't work. <laughs> you know, many things uh, don't work because, you know, it takes time, patience. Yes. The right, right skills to learn more about that and uh, failing i think if that's okay if you fail because uh, for me it's hard to count how many times i fail a lot yeah. but i keep learning from them yeah i keep you know i keep failing uh, every single day but i can learn test find something that actually works and go ahead so yeah i agree 100 uh and I have the question about the future. Can you predict what kind of future will be uh, according to your experience and how to adapt today to this future? Because, you know, uh, I think, you know, uh, we don't know uh, what uh, will be in the future. And, but I remember one quote from Jeff Bezos and he told uh, Amazon will be bankrupt one day and our goal uh, he, uh, to procrastinate <laughs> this mm -hmm. uh, event. So, any insights? Uh, what mm -hmm. kind of future will be? It's a good idea to adapt mm -hmm. uh, to start on Amazon today, yeah. or it's better to find something else. Any yes, insights? very much so. So, we are ourselves as a company uh, beginning to do vertical integration, which means that we're looking for tools and resources that uh, give our members more leverage, supplying uh, our own team of virtual assistants, for example, prep and ship centers. So vertical integration that we acquire. So that's from what our perspective, because I'm going to tell you this, there is such an enormous, um, there's such an enormous support system around Amazon, the Amazon seller system itself. It's a massive, massive economy. And so what I implore people to understand is 
you start with an Amazon store as it's kind of like your gateway and it can stay that gateway. I'm happy, I have my store, but I've seen all too often, and this is when you know you're in the right place, is when you can start to see by virtue of your engagement in that industry that there's so many other ways to make money. That's when you know when you're in the right place. So it's not a, a straight linear pathway of opportunity. It's it's virtually limitless. I mean that very sincerely. It, it, it is so mammoth in scope so that, and I see this with my coaches, my certified coaches who, oh, she's starting a prep and ship center. Oh, she's got a product leads list company now. Because there's so much opportunity. And that's the big takeaway is when you make a shift into a career shift, if you want to call it that, is there endless opportunity? Can I ride this pony for decades? Yeah, you sure as heck can. <laughs> that's what I look for. I don't want a shallow pool that the water trickles out in. And, and, and I invested in my, you know, my intellectual capital and et cetera for a shallow pool that there's only one level of opportunity. When you come into the Amazon ecosystem, it's it's virtually limitless. And that should be, we call it deep, deep blue oceans and beyond. It's, you just, it can take you almost anywhere. It starts with Amazon does such a great job of training us to be a, um, you know, they're considered the, the gold standard of online selling. They are because they're very customer centric. And if you don't nail that one in your business career, moving on beyond Amazon, you have, they, they train us. So it's really the great place to be for that. And furthermore, they got the traffic. So if anyone knows anything about marketing funnels, if you want to hook yourself to a ready built sales funnel, it's Amazon. It doesn't get much bigger than that because to learn how to do marketing and conversions and all that, that's a three to four year to really excel and be a master at it. You just hook yourself up to Amazon that already has the sales funnel in place. They have advertised, they've done the marketing, the credit cards are in the system. You just need to learn how to be a good seller and find the right products to sell. And I shouldn't say just, but to have that as the only piece that you have to bring to the table for your business, that's sitting pretty good because they do customer service and everything else. Should they ship it out? And you're just kind of that middleman supplying. That's a very nice business model. Nice, nice. Very encouragement. Uh, and I have the final question. Uh, can you tell the best way how to reach out to you, how to learn more about you, how mm -hmm. to follow you? Mm -hmm. Well, you found me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I have to admit, I, I don't curse. I'm not in my inbox and LinkedIn a whole lot. Um, probably the best is to go to our homepage. Like if you were to type in my name, Google me, ansi.com, it just redirects to our homepage for ecommercebusinessschool.com. And, you know, you can, there's a contact support there. You can reach out that way and they'll route, you know, to me that way if you have a higher level kind of situation that you're dealing with. But otherwise to learn about us through the e-commerce business school, where we're going, what we do to service people, just go to ecommercebusinessschool.com. That's the best way. Okay, guys, you can find the links in the description below. LinkedIn profile, YouTube channel, website. By the way, I subscribed 
to YouTube. I sent you a connection request. And guys, you can find website as well. So uh, find these links. Learn, keep learning from end because you can see a lot of valuable insights. So if you want to earn more money, then you need to do it. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.